What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Tomatodito Boxing Show. And, uh, and I'm really excited to bring this episode to you as we're going to touch base on the events that are taking place tonight. Usually, I put these uh, the preview episodes a night before or several nights uh, prior to, to the event. But here we are Saturday uh, morning, and, uh, and tonight we will have two big events that will affect the lightweight division in uh, in in boxing. Uh, we just uh, were just days removed from Devin Haney's masterful uh, return and repeat performance over George Cambozo's retaining all all of the titles and uh, and cementing himself as the uh, the current king of the lightweight division. Now we have in San Diego uh, Jojo Diaz, Joseph Diaz fighting uh, William El Camarón Cepeda. Jojo against Camarón is one of these fights that has the potential to be fight of the year uh at the very minimum fight of the year candidate uh it's going to be one of those mexican american versus mexican showdowns that tend to never disappoint both of these fighters are in need of a win and i'll tell you why joseph diaz is coming off that loss to devin haney but with the win, he even though he's one of the top dogs at 135 with the win, he will more than likely be in line for another title shot or maybe a fight away. Same for William Cepeda. William Cepeda has been on a rampage and uh, and putting his opponents out, uh, starting to get starting to get some decent names on his resume. And this will for sure undoubtedly be the biggest name on his resume should he be victorious tonight. This is the biggest name that he, the biggest opposition name uh, that has stepped in the ring with them. Uh, he's a young 25-year-old hungry fighter. And uh, and this, hands down, not only is it the biggest opposition uh, in his career, in his young career, but it will be a huge, huge name in his resume should he be victorious. And for sure, it will catapult them uh, in line for a title within a few fights uh, because a Jojo Diaz victory will get him into a bigger name. After that, maybe a Pitbull, maybe a Ryan Garcia or a Gervonta, um, maybe even against Loma, who happens to be fighting tonight in New York. Jojo Diaz is going to be stepping in uh, into the ring at 32 wins. 15 of those 32 wins have come by way of knockout. Two losses. Those two losses came at the hands of Gary uh, Gary Russell Jr. That was his first loss back in 2018. And then uh, the second loss, of course, to Devin Haney, the one that we just mentioned. And then he has a draw in his record as well. And that was against um, against the uh, Shavka Rakimov. Uh, so, so that... That was at the 130 division. The last loss was at 135. And you gotta, you gotta remember that when he fought Devin Haney, he was coming off that draw with Rockemoff and then his, uh, his debut at 135, which was against Javier Fortuna, where he looked amazing in. And that ended up getting him into the ring with Devin Haney. I'm in San Diego at the moment and I actually flew into San Diego to come check out this fight in person. So if you guys are, uh, if you guys catch wind of this episode and you guys, um, you guys are there at the Jojo Diaz Cepeda fight, uh, at the Pechanga Arena in, in San Diego, hit me up. Look for me. Uh, you could touch base with me. Uh, and, uh, and I'd be more than happy to, uh, to, to talk to you guys, sit down and talk with you guys and, uh, and we'll do a little meet and greet. But I am here in San Diego and we're here. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to see the Jojo Diaz, um, Camarón Cepeda fight because I really think it's going to be one of those fight of the year candidates. If it's not 
if it doesn't happen to be a fight of the year. Now, a late fight that just uh, that's going to happen down the down the final stretch of the year is the trilogy between Chocolatito and Gallo Estrada, and that one as well could definitely steal the show. But these fights that are often overlooked, the Jojo Diaz Cepeda hasn't gotten a lot of promotion, hasn't gotten a lot of notoriety until this week when people started catching on that there was going to be a Jojo Diaz fight. It, just because they're not the most notorious names uh, doesn't mean that it's not an intriguing fight, especially for the 135-pound landscape. This is going to be a super meaningful fight. And uh, and the other fight that's taking place tonight is going to be at the Hulu Theater in Madison Square Garden. And that's going to be the return of Vasily Lomachenko. Lomachenko is going to be stepping in into the ring against um, Jermaine Ortiz. Jermaine Ortiz, of course, we remember him from uh, his um, his uh, showdown against Jamel Herring, in which it was a pretty much a, a one-sided fight, and it was the coming-out party for Jermaine Ortiz. Um, let me go back before I jump into the um, to the Lomachenko to the Lomachenko record because I covered a Joseph Diaz record and. Um, and I didn't cover the William Cepeda. So Camarón Cepeda is stepping into the ring against Jojo Diaz at, at a perfect record, 26-0, with 23 knockouts to his credit. And this is going to be the key to that fight. So before I jump over to Lomachenko, because I'm, I'm so excited and, um, and I'm about to be heading here to the, uh, to the arena to start catching the, uh, the prelims here in a couple hours. Camarón Cepeda and Jojo Diaz is a fight that I mentioned earlier, the Mexican-American versus Mexican approach. Camarón is an all-action, come-forward, hunt, uh, hunting for the fight, hunting the opponent type of fighter. I guess you could say that or label it as a traditional Mexican fighter, the Mexican style. Giorgio Diaz has a little bit of Mexican style, but he's a little bit more fluid with his boxing. Uh, remember that he was... He, he ended up representing the U.S. in the Olympics um, back in 2012, if I remember correctly. And so he competed for USA Boxing. So therefore, his boxing is a little bit more refined. Uh, but he could still stand and bang. And he likes to stand and bang with the opponents. He's a heavy puncher. and uh, But but boxing definitely definitely is going to be a uh, uh, lie on the side of, of Jojo. The, the amount of the... What would I say? Not the amount of punches, but the... Um, how can we word this? Because for some reason, every, everything seems to be leaving me here. The uh, the output. There you go. So the output that Camarón Zapella puts is definitely going to be uh, something that Jojo Diaz is going to have to deal with. Uh, he's faced opponents like this before, but more than anything, Jojo Diaz is used to facing elusive fighters, at least in his last few fights. Dating back all the way to the to the defeat that he had with Gary Russell. Think about those guys: Gary Russell, Tevin Farmer. Uh, Rakimov was more of a stand bang type of fighter, but Devin Haney, very elusive, very fluid, uh, very good footwork. That's what Giorgio Diaz has been facing with. So when he has somebody like Camarón Cepeda who's gonna come after him, it may very well uh, hinder the style of Giorgio Diaz. Camarón Cepeda has come forward and he's going to hunt Jojo Diaz. He's going to bring the fight to Jojo Diaz. So Jojo doesn't have to hunt for Camarón on this one like he did with Haney or like he has in the past with Tevin Farmer and what have you. He's he's going to have someone willing to exchange with them, willing to go blow for blow. And that may very well hinder Jojo Diaz because Jojo's used to taking the fight to the opponents. He's not used to being 
the one that gets hunted. So his power hopefully comes into uh, into play for him. Camarón Cepeda is young, but he's very, very hungry, and he's very good at what he does. He possesses good power, and obviously with a lot of output, the accumulation of punches is what usually gets him the knockout, what gets him those stoppage wins, the accumulation and the consistency in which he delivers his uh, his output. It's going to be very interesting. I really do think that if Jojo Diaz manages to make this a boxing fight, he will dominate. And the few exchanges or the many exchanges that I, I foresee that they're going to have either in the center of the ring or against the ropes, I believe that Camarón will get the better of them. But through boxing, I think Jojo Diaz will be able to wear out Camarón Cepeda and down the stretch be able to... uh to either secure that decision win. I don't think Jojo Diaz stops Cepeda, but if Cepeda was to win, I do think he would stop Jojo Diaz. So if I was to give it for Jojo Cepeda or for, for Camarón Cepeda, I would see Cepeda stopping Jojo Diaz, which is hard to think about, right? It's hard to think about, but Jojo does tend to cut, uh, and, uh, and they may, it could definitely be a stoppage or he ends up just dropping them and stopping them that way. Jojo, I think, would be able to get the decision if it's I I don't I don't think that Jojo will be able to stop Camarón Cepeda. I'll eat my words. I just don't see it. I don't see that Jojo would uh would win by knockout or by TKO. I do think that he will win by decision if he's able to to um and I'm and I'm actually writing on the uh, coattails of Jojo Diaz on this fight. I think Jojo Diaz will be victorious, and I think he will make it if he makes it a boxing fight. He will cruise to a decision victory. Very durable Camarón Cepeda, in my opinion, and uh, and it's gonna be how the the fight's gonna dic- be dictated by how Jojo Diaz weathers the storm, because after that it's gonna be the same look. Camarón Cepeda is gonna continue to come forward the entire fight, which could either wear down his opponent and Jojo Diaz, or if Jojo manages to weather the storm, that's it. He's gonna have the same look in front of him the entire the entire way and. Once he gets into his rhythm, he'll be able to box him and potentially cruise to a victory. So just like Devin Haney did to Jojo Diaz, he managed to to uh, figure out the pace and the rhythm of the fight. And that was it. And then he cruises. He just did it to George Cambosos again. He got a little stunned with um, in the first round where, where Cambosos was switching, switching stances on him. And then he figured him out by the second round and never let the foot off the gas. So I think Jojo Diaz will be victorious. And that would be my keys to victory for Jojo Diaz. Weather the storm, find your rhythm, and box him. And he'll be able to cruise to a victory. In the exchanges, I think Jojo possesses a little more power than Cepeda, but it's very, very, very little. I mean, if anything, I'd, I'd call it a 50-50 as far as power goes. I really think that Cepeda possesses, even though people think that he possesses a lot of power behind his punch, I really think it's the accumulation that takes a toll on his opponents and ends up being why Cepeda continues to win by stoppages. And most of his fights, he's won by stoppages. So Cepeda, this is definitely the biggest name that he has in his uh, in his career. Uh, of course, the, he just he's coming off a victory over uh, Rene Alvarado, which was a unanimous decision victory, and that was an opponent who is also a veteran of the sport in Alvarado, and he's willing to exchange nonstop. And if he wasn't able to stop an old veteran like Rene Alvarado, 
I mean, come on. If he wasn't able to stop him, I don't see that he would be able to stop Jojo Diaz. And that was a stand and bang type of fight where it was constantly, constant action, constant back and forth. I don't see that fight playing out. If Jojo ends up implementing his boxing, it will be a little bit of a slower pace and uh, a little bit of a slower rhythm with your occasional clash. Uh, and when they meet in the center of the ring or along the ropes where they'll be able to exchange, that's where Jojo will be able to catch him. If he's able to stop him, that's those are the chances that he'll have when he uh when he catches him in the occasional clash but i don't see it that, uh, as a phone booth type of fight even though these two fighters lend themselves for that i think we'll have those showdowns numerous times throughout the the fight but i don't think it'll be the entire way as a as a phone booth type fight so with that said we'll move on to uh to the card at the hulu theater in new york and that's going to be lomachenko vasily lomachenko uh it's going to be fighting Jermaine Ortiz, like I mentioned a little bit earlier. And now we could actually, uh, actually focus on, on that fight because Lomachenko's coming off that impressive victory over Richard Comey. And before that, it was Nakatani. The way that he's able to round. And remember that Comey fight was really, really interesting because he ended up uh, looking at the corner, at Comey's corner, hoping that they would stop the fight, hoping that they would throw in the towel for their fighter. And it was so telling. And even though that was early in the fight, Lomachenko still didn't manage to uh, to get him out of there, which, which was kind of disappointing because... That's where people started critiquing Lomachenko, that he's old, that he's this, that he's that. But it was a masterful performance. It was a one-sided victory over Comey. Should the fight have been stopped? Maybe. Um, nonetheless, Vasily Lomachenko is, is a true professional. He, and he and he won. He cruised to an easy victory. He's coming off since, since the Teofimo Lopez decision loss, which is the second loss to his record. He comes in at 16 victories or 16 wins, two losses, 11 knockouts uh, out of those 16 victories. Those last two fights since Teofimo Lopez was Masayoshi Nakatani, uh, and that was the TKO in the ninth, and then the Richard Comey victory, which is a unanimous decision win. But that fight, in my opinion, should have been stopped, and I know you guys probably share that opinion as well. So now he comes in at 16-2 with 11 knockouts, and Jermaine Ortiz, this is definitely the biggest test. Anytime Lomachenko steps in the ring against anybody, he happens to be the biggest test of anybody's resume. That's that's a given. So yes, this is a big test for Jermaine Ortiz. He's coming off that victory over Jamel Herring. Remember, he had that draw with uh, Joseph Adorno. He's just a couple fights removed from the Joseph Adorno draw, which was a back-and-forth fight. It was a really, really tough fight for him. That was back in April of 21. And uh, and they gave it, they ruled it a majority draw. That was a fight in which both of them just went at each other. That's a phone booth-style fight. Uh he struggled there. Uh, then he ended up fighting uh, Nayir Albright, and he came away with the unanimous decision win. Then Jamel Herring, he has a unanimous decision win there. Even though he possesses a lot of power and very, very good combinations, he didn't have the pop to stop Jamel Herring. And this is Jamel Herring moving up to 135. Not the Jamel Herring we saw with Shakur at 130. This was the fight after his Shakur defeat. So we haven't seen Jamel Herring since this fight. 
It was a one-sided victory for Jermaine Ortiz, but it should have been a stoppage for him in which he w- he wasn't able to capitalize on the old veteran, the crafty veteran that, that is Jamel Herring. As much as Jermaine Ortiz hit Herring, he should have been able to stop him. He cut him, he damaged him, he beat him to the punch the entire way, but didn't manage to stop him. I just had my alarm going off here. Uh, now he steps into the ring against... The biggest test, like I said, uh, for anybody in their resume, Lomachenko happens to be the biggest test that anybody could ever face in the ring. Uh, that's how good he is. And this is going to be the biggest test of his career, which could definitely be a detriment to his career facing someone like a Lomachenko at this young of a stage in his career, because it could be a huge, huge derailment for his career. Lomachenko could throw a big wrench into his plans and, um, and derail, derail his ascension into, into the boxing world. Something that I noticed about Jermaine Ortiz here leading this week, uh, just Thursday during the final press conference of the, between these two, he was very, very heavily weight drained and it was very visually, uh, catching, uh, eye catching that he was weight drained already on Thursday. So by the weigh in, he did make weight like a true professional, but he was very weight drained. You could see it in his face. You could see it in his cheekbones, whereas Lomachenko just looked fairly normal. He didn't look like he was uh, dehydrated. He didn't look like he was uh, drained whatsoever. He looked fairly normal. And I think that might play a part in this. Something interesting about this fight is that Jermaine Ortiz actually sparred with Lomachenko and he was a sparring partner for Lomachenko uh, in his lead up to the Richard Comey fight. If you look at these last two opponents that Lomachenko has had, they've been power punchers. Comey a little bit better of a boxer than Nakatani, but both of them power punching guys that are come forward hunter style uh, fighters. Teofimo Lopez posed some threat to him, posed some problems for him, uh, and that's because he was a little more elusive. A lot of people are thinking that Jermaine Ortiz is the second coming of Teofimo Lopez. Don't, don't be confused. Jermaine Ortiz is heavy-handed. He poses a good punch, but again, he wasn't able to put down uh, Jamel Herring, who is definitely, and I hate to say it, but he's definitely past his prime. Um, Jermaine Ortiz is 16 and no, perfect record. He does have a draw, Joseph Adorno, which we just mentioned, and he has eight knockouts to his credit against lesser opposition. He should have been 14 knockouts, 13 knockouts, maybe all 16 knockouts. Uh, he's had lesser opposition uh, than what Lomachenko has had, uh, lesser known opposition than what Lomachenko has faced in his young, yet lengthy, illustrious career. Uh, that has been uh, in the professional ranks for Lomachenko. Pretty much every single name is known. Every single name of note that Lomachenko has faced uh, and, and accomplished at that. Jermaine Ortiz, 16-0-1 with 8 knockouts. And 16-2 for Lomachenko with 11 knockouts. I see Lomachenko uh, cruising to a victory and stopping uh, Jermaine Ortiz in this fight. I think the weight, the weight cut is going to come into play during the fight. I think it's going to be a late stoppage similar to that of Nakatani. I think Lomachenko's angles are going to be too much. He's going to, he's going to figure out the speed. He's going to figure out the delivery of Jermaine Ortiz within the first three to four rounds. And then he's going to start delivering his punches. Remember, 
Richard Comey was the heavy puncher, Nakatani the taller, heavier puncher. They're the ones that were coming to take the fight to Lomachenko, and the angles made the difference. The rhythm that he dictates, that he sets, the pace that Lomachenko sets for his opponents, and the way that he, the fluidity in which he goes in and goes out and ducks the punches, infiltrates their pocket, and beats them at their own game. As they're attacking, they're getting hit. And that's Lom that's where Lomachenko excels. And that's what we're going to see today. He's going to expose the weaknesses uh, and the youth of Jermaine Ortiz. And I think Lomachenko stops him. Now, if Lomachenko takes this to a decision victory, if it's a one-sided victory, but he's unable to stop Jermaine Ortiz, a lot of questions are going to arise. I really believe that he's already in the final stages of his career, maybe two, three fights, four fights maybe, but he wants to get those titles back. Yes, he is fairly young. He hasn't taken a lot of damage, but I really feel like Lomachenko's already in the last leg of his career. If this is a lengthy um, decision victory for him and he doesn't stop him, I really think that Bob Arum and Top Rank is going to start looking into maximizing their revenue and maximizing the return uh, and getting Lomachenko in with a Shakur Stevenson. If he doesn't look good in this fight against Jermaine Ortiz, I think Top Rank is going to push him right away into a fight with Devin Haney. Win or lose in that fight, they might be able to milk it for a rematch uh, or so forth. If he looks really good right here, I think Devin Haney will have uh, an, a different fight. Maybe wait for the Gervonta Ryan Garcia winner if that fight does get, happen to get made for January or so, which is what, what it's looking like right now. Devin Haney would get the winner of those two. And we would see Lomachenko and Shakur Stevenson, which would be a big crossroads fight. And it's a win-win uh, for both fighters because Shakur would be announcing announcing his uh, his arrival to 135 with a big victory over Lomachenko. He would be right in line for Devin Haney. If he loses to Lomachenko, he still wins. His stock still uh, still stays high, and he'll continue because he's so young in his career. He'll continue to um, to proceed and progress at 135. Lomachenko would have lost to Shakur Stevenson would definitely mean an immediate shot with Devin Haney. The winner of that would get the shot at Devin Haney, and then for there, Lomachenko with a one victory away, uh, getting himself into a title and then calling it a day. If he beats Shakur Stevenson, you bet that that would be maximizing for top rank. A big fight moneymaker with Shakur and then an even bigger moneymaker against Devin Haney. And then win or lose that, you got it's a win-win for top rank, for the promotional companies, for the fans in itself. But that's how I see the, the pathway for Lomachenko, uh, depending on how he looks tonight. If he looks impressive, which I think he is going to look impressive and he's going to stop Jermaine Ortiz, I really feel that Lomachenko is going to be in line for Devin Haney and Devin wouldn't wait for for the uh, winner of Gervonta Ryan Garcia. If uh, if he doesn't look that good, then Top Rank's going to be making those plans to figure out, do we get him in with Haney or do we try to maximize revenue and get him in with Shakur? It's, it's all depending on how he looks tonight. Lightweight division, the scope is on the lightweight division tonight. Jojo Diaz, William Cepeda out in San Diego, California, which is where, which is where I'm at. If you happen to be at the arena, hit me up. Come look for me, hit me up, and uh, and come say hi. I'd be more than happy to meet and greet with you guys and, uh, and shake hands, make friends. Uh, if you happen to be in New York, uh, 
the ESPN, ESPN Plus uh, channels are going to be broadcasting the um, the Lomachenko Jermaine Ortiz fight, and uh, and of course, I mean, listen. You can't lose today. The lightweight division is uh, all the attention on the lightweight division uh, today. New York, uh, San Diego, and then, of course, Phoenix. Out in Phoenix, the Jake Paul Anderson Silva uh, big spectacle is uh, taking place there. And and then you got Katie Taylor, who's fighting Carabajal uh, out in England at the Wembley. So... So they'll be doing, they'll be doing their thing. We'll, we'll be keeping an eye on that. And then, uh, check me out on the recap episodes. So I can't wait to be there, uh, and watch Jojo tonight. And, uh, and again, don't forget to follow. Uh, don't forget to continue to spread the word. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all the love. And if you run into me tonight, great. We'll take a picture and, uh, and, and we'll talk. We'll talk some boxing. Take care of yourselves. Have a great night. Good night.